5 a.m. Time to talk. Welcome to 5 a.m. Talks. Today's topic is right and wrong, correct and incorrect, the yeses and the noes. I want you to think back to elementary school. When we did something wrong, we would get a red card. The walk of shame to our name pouch began to teach us what was right and what was wrong. Slapping your friend? Wrong. But apologizing for it? Right. And now that we're older, we run into less she punched me scenarios and more she punched me in the heart. In my opinion, the majority of how we learn what is right is by watching others. We look at the TV to see how not to break up with someone. We watch our parents buy things at the grocery store the correct way. And we watch the kids around us so we know the right way to play around. When we fine-tune our moral compasses, we mostly use second-hand experience. But how do we know if something we do is wrong? Is it when you feel guilty? When you get that sinking feeling in your stomach? When you see someone's eyebrows crinkle? We learn right and wrong from the feedback we access from others. If you trip someone and people were telling you, good job, wouldn't you feel like that was the right thing to do? Society's norms, standards, and feedback is what fuels our moral improvement. You could say identifying what is right and wrong is up to your moral compass, but the magnet pulling on your compass to go north might pull on another's to go south. We all see things differently. Have you ever taken a multiple choice test? One of the questions had two answers that were both correct, but you had to choose the best one. You look up at the timer your teacher set and see that you have 30 seconds left. So what do you do? In real life, we tend to run into situations where we're asked to make the right decision in a limited amount of time. Let's say our friend bombed a test and their grade went from an A plus to a C minus because the teacher made the test 20% of their grade. They are now crying in fear that they will be disowned. What are you supposed to say? There's the, ah, you're dumb. The, oof, that sucks. The, is there extra credit or retake? I can help you study. And the, oh, it's okay, I failed too. Which do you say? You're in panic mode. The longer you wait, the harder your friend is crying all the moisture from their body. Hurry, they're becoming a raisin. You're on a time limit. So you think back to your childhood. What did we learn? The golden rule pops up in your head. Treat others the way you want to be treated. So you tell your friend, Ah, you're dumb! Because that's what you would want. You want humor to cover up the fact that you may have to live at your aunt's house until college. Then they cry more. Although that scenario was a bit exaggerated, in my opinion, the golden rule doesn't work all the time. What I want to hear in a rough situation and what you want to hear is most likely different. Sure, the gist of it may be similar in some ways, but the wording and the tone and how we interpret things will be different. So if the rule we have been taught since childhood doesn't always work, how do we know the right thing to do? Why don't we take a look at Immanuel Kant's perspective? Who is Immanuel Kant? According to Biography.com, he was a German philosopher during the Enlightenment who came up with categorical imperatives. Now what are those? According to Crash Course on YouTube, the categorical imperatives were commands he came up with that you must follow, regardless of your desires. He claimed that moral obligations were derived from pure reason. From Stanford's Encyclopedia of Philosophy, the first categorical imperative, also known as the universalizability principle, is 
Act only in accordance with that maxim through which you can at the same time will that it become a universal law. This basically means that whatever you do in a situation, you are enabling those who run into similar ones to do the same. Now, this makes sense. If you owned a shop and someone stole from it, they would enable us to steal the same thing from theirs, assuming they have a shop. But what if, since it's a pandemic, they can't afford food because they lost their only means of payment and used up all the financial assistance they got from the government on their mom's hospital bills? The mom is 89 years old and she caught COVID-19. The robber sees no good way to deal with the situation, so they run into your store and take a banana. Not the whole bunch, just one to feed their kid. Now, if you had all that context, wouldn't you hesitate before calling the universalizability principle? The thing is, the law makes sense, but Kant didn't leave much room for flexibility or human empathy. Kant saw right and wrong. When taking into account all the possible exceptions we could deliver, it gets complicated. There aren't any holes in the law that lets us look at context. But well, our whole civilization is based on context. We have laws that are dead, but we as humans are alive and are able to interpret them when necessary. That's why we have the Supreme Court, because the law says that this is right and this is wrong, but background information and interpretation will change how we look at things. If we were to sum up the overall quote-unquote rules or quote-unquote laws, I think we would come up with around the same thing. There are customs that are different for each culture, but we could say, don't kill, don't steal, and don't lie. However, there are situations where we have to use unless. Everything we do really depends on context. Let's say you're in a good mood, and you make a cat joke with your friend. Then boom, they smack you, because their cat died last week. That was insensitive. You're a bad person. Do you smack them back? We would have to take everything into consideration and think about context. We'd feel guilty and then apologize, right? But what if we switched up the story a little bit? You lost your job. Your boss blamed you for something your higher-up did, and although you apologized profusely, you got fired. You called your friend to pick you up because you are now low on money so you can't pay for gas. On the way home, you make a cat joke to lighten the mood, and they pull over, safety first, and smack you. In that situation, wouldn't you smack them back? You've probably used up all your empathy during work, so wouldn't you pull out that combo tack and the one-two left-right cross-hook uppercut? You had a bad day, and the context affected your judgment. But is it justified? Is it right to do something just because you've run out of patience? Another thing that may change what you do in a situation would be your merit, your character, if your reputation was at risk. We make friends, create connections, and strengthen bonds through trust and respect. But what if you stopped providing that? We can look at ourselves as light bulbs. If I asked you what light bulbs did, you would say, make light? You'd install one of them in your room and keep it there until it burns out. Then we throw them away and switch them out for new ones because they don't provide the light that we need anymore. Same with people. You have the impression of someone who does, most of the time, the right thing. The moment they do something contradicting to that impression is the moment that they don't shed light in your room anymore. Then what do you do with the light bulb? Throw it out or keep it for memories? No one can make the decision that this is right and this is wrong for someone else. 
We are only obligated to choose what we think is right and live by it. That's what makes it beautiful. We're complex. If everything was just black and white, life would be pretty boring. There is never a 100% right thing to do. The context is always different for every scenario you're in, even if we're in quarantine and living the same day over and over. There will be an element that has changed and how you determine what is right is up to your moral compass. I can't give you a shortcut on how to gauge. You learn that through every moment you experience. What I think is right and what you think is right and what Immanuel Kant thought was right are all different. We interpret things differently. We don't see things the same way. We walk to our name pouch at different speeds and for different reasons. Our test questions will vary. Our scenarios will have contrasting context. Our moral compasses pull in separate directions. So if you're in a moral dilemma listening for an answer, I can't give you one. Go do the right thing or the wrong thing. Take in the feedback from that and adjust. Don't forget that light bulbs can flicker. The flickering on and off, the flickering of us choosing right and wrong just helps us grow as people. Because that's what our morals are. Flickering lights.